Truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Sour, Never Settle. I didn't. I carried what I wanted in combat. I had a choice. I always carried the best. The best is Six Sour, then and now. We are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out. Project Sentinel and the London Center for Policy Research, projectsentinel.net, londoncenter.org. We are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, uh, and uh, soon to dominate the globe. Speaking of domination, today's guest is uh, a great uh, friend, I'd like to call him, because we've been uh, kind of uh, just going through and trying to figure out what the heck's going on around us. And he seems to have built an amazing audience who's very loyal, uh, encourages him to ask the right questions. I'm going to be asking him some questions today. That's Stephen Gardner. Stephen, welcome to The Hard Truth. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's it is hard truth, and we're going <laughs> to tease it out and get to the bottom of it eventually. So, uh, so that's it. So uh, we're done. We've asked a hard question, and we're going to be out of here now. So thanks, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. No, no, I, <laughs> we are going to jump into some stuff. So, um, it's uh, fascinating that so many things that one would think, Stephen would be adequate and encouraged for debate and discussion that are based on rational thought and factual evidence are discouraged. Let me do my Joe Biden. They're discouraged, Stephen, from being discussed, <laughs> from being discussed today in today's world. And I can do, I can do my run. Well, there you go again, Stephen. It's, it's those darn progressives, my Ronald Reagan, but I digress again. So the idea here is that people generally uh, I think have a thirst for what's real and true, but there seems to be a dearth of what's out there because it seems so much of what I see is is based on emotion. Uh, I mean, what's your observation on that? Yeah, uh, the most important thing right now is your feelings more than facts. <laughs> yeah, and um, your your personal safety more than other people's personal freedoms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of that during the COVID lockdown, but more and more it seems that people's feelings are more important than the truth. And I have a, I have a hard time with that. Um, I, I want to be governed by what is true so that I can make intelligent decisions for my family, for myself, for my business, for my children. Uh, I'm not really driven by feelings. Of course, I have feelings. I have opinions. Uh, but let, let's not mix up opinions and facts. Uh, we, we do need to get to the, the hard truth of what's really going on out there. Yeah. So uh, there is a, uh, on YouTube, uh, by the way, not demonetized that I know of at this point, but a 1957 uh, film, army training film called How to Recognize Propaganda. What a great title. And one of the quotes in, one of the conclusions, one of the conclusive statements in this training video, it's a great 1950s thing. uh, And I'm quoting directly, the best defense against enemy propaganda is truth. Right? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a statement of fact. So, um, and this is, this is the other conclusion I come up with, and I'm going to get in trouble with this, but I'm going to say it anyway. For a communist, a thing is true only if it advances communist causes. <laughs> so, so to me, Stephen, so much of what we're saying, seeing by the left, dare I say, it seems, it appears to, according to the training video, which must be true, the army put it out, and I'm an army guy, we're we're living with, in, in a communist regime at this point, based on the way I'm seeing things. I mean, I, I know I'm being over the top here, but the parallels are there, it seems. 
Yeah, the the best way to counteract propaganda is the truth. Nowadays, the best way to prop to to overcome propaganda is a better marketed propaganda. Yeah. And sad. you know, we're we're seeing that with the Russia Ukraine war where yeah. it's like, okay, here comes some propaganda from Russia. Now NATO has to up their propaganda and it's it's all just building to the point where the American people are like why are we giving them so much money again? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, we have to because uh, we got to get Putin. Uh, and Putin is this evil James Bond uh, spy villain. Uh, and we've got to take him out. And in no way did we provoke them. This is completely yeah. unprovoked. Uh, America did nothing to provoke this. Uh, so I, I, I see it as it's it's propaganda versus propaganda versus propaganda versus the truth. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I, we've talked about this on your show. And I know that um, the whole idea that the West has taken aside, not acknowledging uh, Victoria Newland and the color, color revolution back in 2014, all these things which uh, are there, uh, we've talked about it amongst ourselves as not you and I necessarily as individuals, but uh, the folks who actually promote the truth have talked about the realities which we're facing. And the whole idea here is that uh, everything is black and white. And that uh, we need to be on the side of the Ukrainians. I remind people all the time, it's like they're all freaking Soviets. They were all part of the Soviet Union. They're literally, literally cut from the same cloth. The, the, they, they literally reflect each other and the corruptions in their systems. Uh, there's no good guys or bad guys that we should be, be affiliated with. And I, we could go into the whole Biden thing, but I don't want to get into that either. But I think we've recognized that the media cannot be trusted. People are obligated in my, my judgment, to go find their own sources of media. I'm not saying not to listen to mainstream. I'm saying listen to mainstream and what they're saying because what they're telling you is what they want you to believe. Don't believe it, but understand it, and then go seek your own sources of truth. And I, obviously, Stephen is one of those sources which I, I turn to, and I'm not saying it because you're here, but I'm saying it because it's true. And I appreciate the way you go after things on that. So, Yeah, t even Tucker Carlson, um, who, who I don't watch, uh, but I've kind of become fascinated uh, since he was let go from Fox. Uh, he said that his eyes have really been opened about how much the media pushes a government narrative yeah. versus pushes the truth. And um, he, he, he found himself shocked by the, the words coming out of his own mouth where he's like, wait a minute. Are the sponsors dictating what I say? Is the government dictating what I say? Is this like Project Mockingbird where, you know, I, I think I have a co-host, but really it's a CIA agent. Like he's, you know, not to get too conspiratorial, but I do think there's some truth to what Tucker Carlson is saying is that there is a narrative being pushed more than there is truth being pushed. So to that point, I mean, I became a whistleblower and I was completely unprepared for it. Really, it's like, holy cow. So after I went public on Able Danger, became a, the uh, the witness. Uh, initially, I was undisclosed for a while and then I became disclosed. And, and Stephen, to your point, once I went public, and by the way, notably, and I think we talked about this on your podcast where we talked about this, the first and last time the New York Times and Fox News ever cooperated on any story ever was Able Danger. That That is the only documented cooperation between those two organizations. And the story was killed, by the way, simultaneously in both organizations, where Phil Sheen was approached and, and, and told by his editors, there's no there there. The exact same phrase was used with Catherine Herridge at Fox, who was tracking it. 
I mean, and it's like, holy cow. So someone was pulling the strings. But more importantly, when I was becoming a whistleblower, I was actually on Wolf Blitzer's show. And we were talking about stuff. And I was very new to all of this media stuff. I mean, being a, a, a spy and operative does not necessarily prepare you for the, 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 the chaos you're going to face by being a whistleblower. I think I was better equipped than most, but I was sitting there with Wolf and he looks over at me right before we go on live on the air. He said, Colonel Schaefer, you need to know that there's a whisper campaign going on about you behind your back. And he went through all these things that, they're, they're, that he was being asked to say. He said, I'm not going to say them because I think you're telling the truth. But he went through and he said, I was having an affair with Weldon, one of Weldon's secretary. One of the, it's like, it was like five things that they've been told to say. And for, God bless him. I mean, I always appreciate the fact that Wolf just said, he, he gave me a peek behind the curtain. It's like, these are the things we've told to say. I'm not going to say them. So that kind of illustrates what Tucker said. It's like they do get their talking points to, from the government. And I guess some, sometimes they don't want to go along with them. But for the most part, they do. And that's why you see this piling on in the media which is not emblematic or re reflective of the truth. It's, it's, it's reflective of what the narrative that, uh, dare I say, the deep state and the political party du jour, du jour, because I think the Republicans have certain elements within them as well who go along with the narrative, dare I say, the neocons, who actually are more than happy, Stephen, to take on and shape something for purposes of, of political and, uh, and monetary benefit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's definitely you know, a deep state, whether it's on purpose or people are just collaborating to protect interests that have been around longer than whoever's sitting in the Oval Office, there is definitely a behind the scenes coordinated effort yeah. to maintain a specific story about the United States. So speaking of the United States and those forces, let's talk about Hillary and Chelsea Clinton. Okay. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. What a what a great pair, you know. I mean, uh, it's really interesting. And I mentioned Hillary because this this thing we're about to run. Uh, for those watching, you'll see the video. For those listening, you'll just hear the words uh, coming out of her mouth. Uh, and it, Chelsea uh, is the spitting image of Hillary. I mean, it's like they they literally cloned her. I mean, it's just like. Frightening. So, Chris, go ahead and, and run that clip, if you would, please, of what we want to talk about. A new effort that we're a part of uh, is the new initiative launched by the World Health Organization last week to try to catch kids up on their routine immunizations. In 2021 alone, more than 25 million kids under the age of one missed at least one routine immunization. And so we're working with WHO and the Gates Foundation and others uh, to hopefully have the largest uh, kind of childhood immunization effort ever over the next 18 months to catch as many kids up as possible um, because no one should die of polio or measles or pneumonia, including in this country where we also need people to be vaccinating their kids. Absolutely. So Stephen, I don't think Chelsea Clinton's a doctor. Am I missing something? She's not a doctor, is she? I don't believe so. I don't think so. And I don't think that her organization has qualified medical professionals advising them at least organically. And I'm pretty sure Bill Gates did something with computers. Not He's not a proctologist or a dentist or anything, right? I mean, I don't think he uh, he's all that. Well, maybe he is a proctologist, but let's not go down that path. Um, but he's not a doctor that I know of. So uh, you literally have her presenting a number of policy posits, basically saying, we must. This is important. How is it that she's qualified to comment 
or even establish any sense of policy relating to vaccines for anybody. I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, my thoughts are she only has two qualifications. Number one, her last name is Clinton. And number two, she has hundreds of millions of dollars uh, behind her that were poured into the Clinton Foundation in order to get influence with the Clinton family. So, um, and, and this is similar to um, Bill Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates is not a doctor, and yet people around the world wonder if he is. Uh, we also know that he gave the U.S. media outlets $300 million to run cover on him so that he could openly talk about vaccines and about big pharma and about the COVID situation without getting backlash. And uh, I know for a fact I've had YouTube videos that were suppressed for talking openly about Bill Gates. So my, my thinking is Chelsea Clinton is just standing in the shadow of her parents and they are pushing whatever agenda pays them the most money. So that's part of my issue here is like Big Pharma has big pockets and they make a lot of money. So to me, it seems to me she's just a basic shill for the vaccine industry. Is that would is that a reasonable posit, you think? Yeah, the uh, the vaccine industry is very big about uh, buying into celebrities, uh, owning the majority of advertising revenue for big media outlets. Uh, for example, you have Anderson Cooper at CNN. Most people don't realize a huge portion of his annual contract is actually paid for by Big Pharma. Wow. And so he he couldn't be unbiased and truthful about Big Pharma, even if he wanted to. Hmm. So I guess that's my next question. And because clearly when you even even if it's theoretically Chelsea shilling for big companies to vaccinate kids, to do all these things overseas, to get them, quote unquote, caught up. Clearly, uh, she's not speaking from a position of medical knowledge. She's she's not. It's, it's absolutely not medically been evaluated. If she cited that there was a Doctors Without Borders report, they did this assessment, then that's one thing. That's one thing where she's presenting fact. This is just her speaking as a salesman saying, wow, you know, these are great vaccines. You need to take them. How do we go about combating this? Because I've seen this across the board. And another, real quick, another point on, on Bill Gates. Bill Gates constantly talks about uh, the quote-unquote climate crisis. There's no climate crisis. The climate has been changing since the earth cooled from its molten form back about uh, three and a half billion years ago. And uh, it'll continue long after mankind is shuffled off this mortal coil. Uh, and yet Bill Gates somehow is an expert and, and the guy who flies around uh, on jets gets to basically pollute, quote unquote, pollute as much as any. How do we combat this? Because it seems to me if, it's, if there's money involved, that's what wins out the day. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people are kept so busy or so entertained that they don't do their own research yeah. on medication. They don't do their own research on what the news is sharing. They don't, you know, they they just they don't do their own research, whether it's the Russia-Ukraine war or 
um, a new medicine, you know, they, they take at face value. A lot of people are just very trusting that most humans are good and that they will do what is best for other humans. And, and that's simply not true. Right. So much of the world is just driven by profits. I mean, the number one way to get anybody to do anything is to threaten their mortgage payment, right? Like right. it's the reason people go to work. Um, it's the reason that uh, people make decisions. Money drives so much of our behavior. And now you inject a little bit of fear uh, like she did. Ooh, <laughs> we got to get people caught up on their polio, even though, you know, it's not been a major issue since people started washing their hands 50 to 100 years ago. Right. Uh, but, you know, like they, they just have so much incentive to push. And let me tell you, I, I can't go too deep into this uh, because of contracts that I've signed. But during the pandemic, one of the big pharma groups offered me $30,000 to talk about one of their products yeah. on my channel. And I refused to because I said, I'm not a doctor. I don't feel comfortable. If somebody had a reaction, they could come after me. I don't have immunity, even though the government has given you uh, immunity. And so I told them, absolutely not. Um, I won't say the, the company that offered me that money, but it was a lot of money. It was like, wow, okay, uh, this is definitely worth thinking about. And yet yeah. my decision was, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to run this ad. So that, obviously, uh, this is playing out in a separate sector with Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. I mean, all those celebrities who did those high-profile commercials for him, who basically, literally, it was a, it was a, a, a um, it was a pump and dump scheme. Literally, uh, even I'm not an economist, I know a pump and dump scheme, and that's what it was. And those, those celebrities are going to be paying for that. So, good kudos for you <laughs> standing your ground. But it doesn't change the fact that that so much of what we see has been marketed to us, even if it's being represented as factual content, which is dangerous. I think that 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 the fact that everything is so blurred and the government's joined in now, too. And this is something I want to hit and then we'll move on to 9-11 issue. I don't see anything in the Constitution, Stephen, that tells me the government has the authority to tell me what kind of light bulb I'm supposed to be buying or permits them to try to mitigate or modify my behavior to buy an electric vehicle because they say so. Uh, or they believe somehow because of emotion, there's a, a climate crisis that they're they're obligated to deal with. Nothing in the Constitution gives the government the right to propagandize or try to modify my behavior, and yet they're doing it with impunity. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one thing to offer information and then try to persuade people. It's another to cram it down their throat and force you know, climate change or a, a vaccine that people don't want. Right. I, I read just yesterday that more and more of these mandates are being uh, removed all over the country because it's affecting employers' ability to hire people. Uh, and, and Big Pharma is freaking out because people aren't getting their fourth and fifth booster as they realize, wait a minute, like, is is the adverse reaction worth 30 days of coverage or 60 days of coverage? I, I think people are thinking through things a little bit more. And at the same time, I, I, I'm grateful to live in the 21st century where we have modern medicine. I've had to have surgeries 
uh, and and uh, tumors removed from my body. And I'm so grateful for a lot of the medicine and different things that are out there. But when you start forcing things, especially new technology on people, it didn't shock me at all that there was a massive pushback. And then over time, the interest in this miracle jab just continued to go down yeah. as people saw less and less benefit from it. So, look, I'm all for new technology. I believe, uh, you know, I, again, I got a degree in environmental studies because I actually do have care about the environment. I am concerned about pollution and dirty water and dirty air. But most of that, I think, is being propagated at this point by the left, by their embracing of certain industries who pay them off. Uh, there was a movie a while back called Planet of the Humans done by Michael Moore, which basically trashes the green movement from their perspective. And it's like everybody's bought out. I mean, he, he basically goes through and shows everybody's been bought out by by big industry. Even Audubon Society was pr promoting the idea of burning trees as being natural. I mean, come on. And it, it, it just gets so insane that, that you see this money, the money influencing these things. But but to me, though, Stephen, the thing that should be sacred is the government not being able to basically use your tax dollars, my tax dollars to incentivize behavior that we don't necessarily agree with. They shouldn't be in the the, the, the behavior modification business as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, and I know that this is a touchy subject, but you know, there was two major body autonomy issues happening at the same time. One was a, a woman's right to abort a child from conception up until a, a few days after the birth. Right. Versus getting a, a mRNA shot in your arm. Right. And for, for one reason or another, uh, one was okay. And the other one was, um, it, it was like insane that you wouldn't go along with this agenda. Right. And yet they were both like my body, my choice. It's my <laughs> body and my choice. But they're saying you need to have a choice and you have no choice. Right. And, and Bill Clinton, you know, he is a big fan of removing that choice. Now, uh, we know for a fact that uh, his very best investment has been vaccines. How do we know that? He said it in an interview. Yeah. We also know it because he dumped about $50 million into the different uh, um, vaccine technology companies during COVID. And then right before they crashed, he extracted $500 million back out. He wow. made a killing while over a million American businesses were put out of business. People were wondering, can I get unemployment? How am I going to get a job? Am I going to get a stimulus check? Uh, am I going to get a PPP loan? Uh, they, they trashed the American economy with this. We have the right to mandate what goes into your body. Wow. But, but uh, it's okay because Bernie Sanders is going to make sure everybody gets a living wage of $17, Stephen, that we have that to look forward to no matter what. And uh, we'll be fine. We'll all just be at the bottom rung of, of the economic ladder and we'll all suffer together. So I, I think, I think that's called communism. Where you're <laughs> miserable. Isn't that right? <laughs> and then nobody ever brings it up. It's like, yeah, the guarantee uh, of the left saying everybody will be equal. Yeah. Equally miserable. You will all be at the very bottom. Then they're going to guarantee you a, a, a big hot tub and pool with a, with a porch in every driveway. That's not the guarantee they give you. So they, they, they basically avoid that. Yeah. So socialism only works until you run out of someone else's money. Yep.
So, uh, so we're coming up on halftime here almost, but I do want to get in before we get to the second half of the show. Some of the issues that you and I have spoken about, and I do have a theory that uh, I, I think I can say it without being demonetized, that uh, the times I've been on with you on your show, the, the algorithm goes wacky. I mean, they really do seem to be unhappy about some of our conversations. And I would encourage people to go over and watch the interviews. I, th I, I think they're perfectly reasonable interviews. I don't feel we touch any controversial, uh, nothing controversial. We, we simply speak uh, about, I think, factual issues that, that we can either cite or reference regarding everything we talk about. There's nothing uh, to me, it's not, it's not emotional. It's not uh, us going out on limbs regarding conspiracy theories. We're actually laying out things which are factual. But one of those things that I found curious is how you became uh, interested in the 9-11 movement and the 9-11 issues, because obviously uh, that's part of my history being a whistleblower on something called Able Danger. Most of the audience probably is already aware of that. But I found it intriguing when you asked me to come on your program, which was primarily to talk about Ukraine, but we went off and started talking about some 9-11 issues. Stephen, I'm very curious how you became such a purveyor of uh, reflective thought on 9-11. So can you go go into that a little bit? And just, we, we'll have to take a break here, but you got about two minutes to kind of outline kind of how, how you got here from your background. Yeah. Well, I think anybody that was alive during 9-11, uh, it, it's kind of like when Kennedy was assassinated. You remember where you were. I was in the Dominican right. Republic in a rainstorm in an abandoned zoo on a Christian mission. And people told me in Spanish that I barely understood, your country is under attack. You should go home. And I walked back and I got there just in time for the second airplane to hit the tower. And then I watched them come down, right? But the thing that really stood out to me was uh, my father-in-law made a documentary called Fahrenheit 9-11. And in there, they showed footage of Building 7. They said, Building 7 has come down, and it hadn't come down yet. Hi. And then it came down. And it was like, wait a minute. How did the media know Building 7, which is away from the Twin Towers, that wasn't hit by an airplane was going to be dropped. And I watched this with my own eyes. And now that footage is very, very hard to get a hold of. YouTube has suppressed it. Yeah. Uh, other platforms have suppressed it. That was the first time that I was like, okay, something isn't right. Um, and to this day, I still don't know. I, I've, I've listened to very compelling uh, evidence that this just happened. And I've listened to very compelling evidence that there is more to what we are being told. The one thing I know for certain is nobody in the U.S. government wants to get to the bottom of the truth. Isn't that the truth? The truth is they don't want the truth. So that's an interesting spot to live off on as we go to our break. So uh, we'll come right back with more of, uh, of Stephen Gardner in the second half of the show. Uh, we are brought to you by Sig Sauer. Uh, I had a choice of what I carried in combat. Uh, I carried the best. Uh, never settle. Uh, I don't. You shouldn't. Uh, SIG is our sponsor for our program. And we're on the America, the uh, America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. And we'll be back right after this break. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. 
I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, povidone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. Working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is the hard truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour Never Settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. That is Six Hour Never Settle. Uh, they are an amazing sponsor, an amazing product. I highly recommend them, I, and it is only what I carry these days. Uh, also, a real quick shout-out to my friend, Shiri Curry, who does our, boot, our bumper and theme song, Rock and Roll Oblivion. Boy, don't we all feel like we're in oblivion right now. Anyway, Shiri mm-hmm. does our music, and God bless her, and I appreciate her support for the program. We're on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the America Out Loud Podcast Network, we are Project Sentinel, ProjectSentinel.net, and LundCenter.org. And we're back for part two of our show, still with Stephen Gardner for part two here. Uh, we got uh, the uh, the contemplative, com- com- contemplative, I can't say that word, Steve, uh, Chris Cordani uh, running the board and uh, our executive <laughs> producer. Uh, the, uh, the, the bedazzling Tanya Miller uh, surfing in the morning, watching volcanoes at night in Hawaii. And uh, Elizabeth, Bra- Elizabeth Brankenkamp. Uh, <laughs> Out boating on Lake Anna, uh, maybe, maybe doing something maybe. like that. Uh, uh, oh, she's the Virginia. 
the ferocious <laughs> Elizabeth Breckenkamp. So uh, that, that's the team, and we're here back for, for part two of our program. So uh, as we go into this, uh, Stephen, we were just talking about 9-11 when we rolled into the break. Uh, I know the audience uh, recognizes that uh, the hard truth is that the truth is not a popular thing. Um, it seems to me, I had a boss once who talked about the fact that the factual decision, once a factual decision is made in Washington, that's when negotiations start because it's all about creating a narrative, not the truth. And it seems to me that that's what happened with the 9-11 stuff, that it's all about trying to facilitate um, a narrative that has nothing to do with reality. So uh, part of what we want to do on the second half is talk more about the 9-11 issues because uh, on your program, we talked about a number of factual things, which I found uh, even within my own story and knowledge uh, inconvenient, like the fact that we could have struck, we could have had a direct strike on the 9-11 terrorists because of our capability to track and target before 9-11. Obviously that, that was never, that never happened. They attempted to first deny the fact that, that our capability ever existed. Uh, and here we are. So let's pick up with building seven. Uh, to me, any, American who understands basic physics knows that a fire that no airplanes hit building seven, but somehow a quote unquote fire was able to bring it down. And yet no one seems interested enough to actually do a, a detailed independent investigation to go back and look at it. I mean, how, how can that be? Uh, they don't, they don't want to find out what really happened. And so the best thing that you can do is just stop talking about it because the news cycle will bring in new drama. Oh my gosh, Donald Trump, he's in New York. He's going to be <laughs> arrested. And now you don't have to, you don't have to talk about anything uh, anymore. I, I don't think that they want to get to the bottom of it. I don't think that um, it's in the United States best interest to get to the bottom of it. Um, I, I could sum it up with uh, an interview that Fauci did last week yeah. where they asked him, hey, now that we know shutting down schools was a terrible idea, uh, the social distancing was a terrible idea, uh, the vaccines didn't stop transmission, we damaged children uh, by two years of education, the masks didn't work the way that you want, what would you say we need to do next time? And he said, well, I think the best thing to do is to not point fingers. That's exactly what's happening with 9-11. It's all good. Gosh. The it's best thing that along. we can do with 9-11 is let's not point fingers. Let's just move forward as a nation. So, uh, Tanya, do you have any questions you want to join? Because I know you're big on the 9-11 stuff. So why don't you jump in if you have it? Well, to connect with what you just brought up, Stephen, the um, Kevin Ryan, um, he is a Underwriters Laboratory uh, whistleblower himself. He he had worked at Underwriters Laboratory, and where they tested the World Trade Center steel. And when he didn't agree with what NIST had wanted him to say, and said otherwise, what they were founding, what what they had found, and what he had found, and what he realized, um, then he was no longer there. And so uh, Kevin Ryan, um, he this is my. A resource book that I like, and he signed it. It is another 19 investigating legitimate 9-11 suspects. And if you just peruse the table of contents, it's quite interesting. But um, I would highly recommend checking out this. And even on YouTube, there mm. is a long guns and butter interview that he had done many, many moons ago that's still out there. But Kevin Ryan is a very important figure within the 9-11, um, I guess you could say truth movement or just any person, if you are offended by that phrase, 
um, who cares about what actually happened that day. And he actually made a correlation and to some degree and did a, a, another presentation that somebody could find with COVID-19 protocol, how that push was pushed, the narrative, how he, the censorship and all these things, but really sort of tactical. And he kind of breaks it down some very interesting links about uh, uh, differences between, or I mean, sorry, similarities between COVID and 9-11. Um, so th there's a whole lot there. They don't want you to know. I mean, that's for a reason. And we have to ask, where are you turning away from that I haven't gotten a complete answer? And we haven't gotten a complete answer on many things with COVID protocol. In fact, the answers we're getting are completely opposite. And like you were saying, what would we change? Well, we definitely have to go back and see what happened with COVID protocols and absolutely redirect the same with this whole uh, vaccine push. Sure, fine, what's happening in these countries and they want to do the catch up on, on the vaccines, but where is this going to go? And they catch up because, you know, COVID caused this, this, and this. Now we got to go in. Well, don't let a crisis go to waste, right? So they're mm -hmm. going to go in. And now they've already said the World Health Organization, they tried to say, oh, no, it's not Americans. It's fake information. No, but when you read in there, they're saying we have to progress. We're going to push the HPV on them. Indeed, we've got to go to HPV because, you know, the kids over there really have a high risk of HPV, right? And it's so helpful. No, it's not. There's a lot of problems. So even if the parents give consent, how much of it is it informed? How much are any of us informed on worldwide on COVID, on 9-11, which is a worldwide issue? Many countries were uh, affected. So these issues are things that we can't be so afraid to dig deeper than what's on allowed on TV. Well, I, so I guess if there's a question there for Stephen. Uh, Stephen, how do we go about trying to establish a framework for studying and understanding when there's a narrative? that's that's influenced by the government and not actually something that's going to benefit parents regarding inoculations or the military regarding lessons learned or a, an audience trying to understand what the truth is for purposes of investment. How, how do we set up a framework that that basically can help us detect and, and prevent that from happening? Yeah. Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, that's know, my job. Yeah, <laughs> mine, too. Um, I'm, I'm better at questions than answers, but. Um, I, I think parents need to be the number one uh, advocate for their child. Uh, the, the government uses phrases. Even Joe Biden last week said, all of these kids are ours. Dude, <laughs> yeah. dude you're not raising my kid. I've seen your kid. Your kid turned That's out That's disturbing. You know? That's so, disturbing. So, but go. there's this idea within communist thinking of, the children belong to the state. Yeah. And you guys maybe saw this, but they literally rounded children up in Australia and inoculated them without parents' permission um, at, at the school system. Uh, now, we didn't cover this in the media, but I saw it. I read international news every single day. They tried to do similar things here in the United States where they said, we don't know if children will be able to go back to school unless they can prove this. We need children to uh, get this put into the vaccine schedule. Mm -hmm. And do you know why they target children more than they do adults? Because within all of the rules, if something is safe enough for children, then it's safe enough for adults. And it passes the test of give it, being given full immunity from the government. 
Wow. So big pharma needs this to be good enough for kids in order to qualify that nobody can sue them for any damage from their product. Wow. Also because kids are more docile. I mean, you know, they're easier to, to manipulate than it is to manipulate adults. I think that's the other reason why. Uh, I, I've I seen a lot of adults on social media, so I'm not, <laughs> not even sure about that anymore. So, well, well, Stephen, Steven, so when, when, if that's the case, and I, 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 I have no doubt it's true, but the system itself, the political system that was necessary to still certain values started in Nazi Germany going after the youth. It was very clear that the Nazi party wanted to bring uh, the Hitler youth in. Uh, uh, Nuremberg. This the Nuremberg rallies and uh, the way they were organized around using children as the as the vanguard of messaging. And then uh, Mao, uh, the the great cultural revolution. It was all about getting the kids to basically report on the parents if they weren't having right thinking. And it seems to me that that's the the the, the nexus between uh, the issues regarding COVID and the issues regarding woke and woke culture relating to education. It seems to me that they want to basically take and remove uh, from the dominion of parents, the the children, because uh, to your point, they're not only physically, I think the, the, the canary in the coal mine, if you can get them to take something, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be make it available to the entire population. They're the ones who then drive popular culture with, uh, you know, the next generation Mm -hmm. of of cartoons, of programs, uh, the great demographic that they want to go for, uh, 18 to 52 or something like that. And there's a dem- demographic that they go for, for, for marketing. So um, again, and I, I'm going to put this back on you because I know you, you, you like having hard questions given to you is <laughs> what, what, what do we do to start actually helping to get people to say, no, 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 it's the government's not here to help you. Reagan is right. Uh, the most frightening la- language is uh, phrase in the language language is I- I'm from the government. I'm here to help you because they're not. Yeah. Uh, Well, if you look at the track record of the government, most of what they touch does not turn to gold. That's true. And so, but if you, if you then say, okay, then why am I so trusting? Why am I so willing to be dependent on them? Look at social security, give us your money for 40 years and then we'll take care of you. Oh, just kidding. Inflation is so high. It's at like 20, 25% that we now have to lie to you. And tell right. you that it's around seven or eight percent because if we had to increase sixty million humans by twenty five percent, social security would bankrupt in a year. So Literally. they lie and manipulate the mm-hmm. American people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with medicine. Same thing with war. So you have to be really careful who you're getting your information from. And uh, a good example of this is, and I, I just had a. Can I say brain fart on the radio? Uh, <laughs> I just did. Uh, <laughs> Who's the, who's the owner of the Blaze? Blaze was, uh, Beck. Glenn, yeah. oh, yes, Glenn, Beck. Beck. Glenn Beck. Beck. Okay. I learned this from Glenn Beck last month. Did you know that near the end of World War II, uh, the Nazis <laughs> were selling radios that only tuned into a couple of channels? Uh, right. And the oh couple of channels were yeah. this. They were either Nazi propaganda or they were almost not prop uh <laughs> and it was oh. it was the illusion of choice right that got people oh, oh i don't tune into these guys mm-hmm. these guys are telling me the truth but it was the same party 
telling you what they wanted to, you to hear or think. And, and, mm -hmm. and so anyway, it was the government that was behind this. And if you dig into how the Nazis took over Christianity within Germany, that's another fascinating wow. topic. Oh, yeah. But anyway, oh, yeah. It, it's it. So do you trust the government? Most people say no. But then there's an emergency and they say, when's the government going to help us? But you so, guys brought up an interesting point, though, a few moments ago. Uh, uh, both you, General Steve and Tony, you said the time was going to come where the government is going to ask kids to turn in their parents. That time had come. Remember after mm -hmm. the January 6th uh, discussion, the, the protests? Mm -hmm. This one, uh, the, the, the government or the Democrats which within were telling children to turn in their parents if they were at the rally. And remember the one mm -hmm. soy kid that did that? I'm sure there were some others, but the one that made the headlines was some soy kid that did the same thing. Right. But I do know that I have to turn in Tony for a second because it's about that time. Well, one second before we go. Uh, well, to emphasize what Stephen was saying before we get off the topic of the Nazis, you know, not that I'm saying that the Biden administration is close to the Nazis. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But they gave the, the Nazis gave the illusion also. <laughs> And we, we should, Stephen, I'd love to have you come back and talk about this whole issue regarding how the, the how Hitler and Mein Kampf was actually their Bible. People don't understand mm -hmm. that's a religious document. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not about. I mean, polit political philosophy is in there, but that's a religious document. That was their religion, centered around uh, a Gnostic uh, uh, gospel that goes back, uh, you know, hundreds of years. It was actually a an adaptation of that very thing. So I think people understand that. But I, I, they also did the same thing in capitalism. IG Farben and Krupps were two of the companies which basically took over and ran all the other companies. So yeah, you've got, you've got capitalism, you've got companies, but they're either run by Nazis or people who, who ran the companies were loyal to the Nazis. That's it. There was no, there was no capitalism. And that's one of the things that are, oh, he was a capitalist. No, he was not a capitalist. And no, he was not a Christian. But people are so propagandized uh, by uh, whatever you want to call him, to somehow believe that oh Hitler was was uh, he was a capitalist and he was a Christian. No, he was neither. But that's what popular uh, history has led people to believe. So quite yeah, it, it's right in the it's right in the name, the National Socialist Party of Germany. No, I know it's in the name, and they don't too you know, easy, too easy, low hanging fruit. They still don't get it. But what we do get is Tony's take. On what's All right, happening. this it's is Tony's time. take, brought to you by Sig Sauer. Never settle, and Never we settle. don't. The House Oversight Committee didn't settle, by the way. This week, they've released some information and evidence alleging the Biden family has been receiving, at least nine members of that family, have been receiving millions from foreign nationals, many of whom were from adversarial nations and some which ties to the Chinese Communist Party, and concealing them through a network, a complicated network of LLCs. Mm -hmm. Your take on this, Tony, and your take on whether the media is going to give it fair coverage. So I'm just wondering, were, were these exchanges made in, uh, in um, prostitutes or currency? Because Hunter goes for either way. I mean, I think you could pay him off uh, for either one. But in this case, I'd like to find out what exactly that family did with it. So, Stephen, I, I know you're, uh, you've are you been following us, too. Yes. What do you make of the Comer, the Comer uh, disclosures today? Yeah, I, I'm hoping that they will get traction um, you know, we need to see how this is going to play out. But uh, the Treasury under Janet Yellen was purposely trying to block the House committee from getting access to 150 SARS reports, wow. suspicious activity reports, 150 mm -hmm. banks filed complaints against the Biden family saying 
Something's not right here. Money's not flowing correctly. Too much money's flowing in from other countries. And then they blocked this information. Well, thanks to subpoenas and twisting arms, they were finally able to get this. And they realized, okay, wait a minute. There's three members of the Biden family that receive money. Then as they dig deeper, they're like, wait a minute. There's nine people that received money. And now they're saying, wait a minute. In 2017, I believe, uh, or 18, there was a complaint that Vice President Joe Biden was running a pay-for-play scheme where he was manipulating Congress in exchange for money, wow. specifically with Burisma Energy in Ukraine. Why are we in Ukraine? Uh, and then all out of nowhere, Hunter Biden gets a board seat making $80,000 a month with no experience in energy, and he didn't even have to show up to work. And he's the Prince Charles of America, apparently. So, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like you have so much to look into here that's it's difficult to, for the for one to comprehend. But the bottom line is, to me, is that Bill Barr, my friend Bill, who we've talked about previously, uh, took a powder. Uh, all this information was available during Trump's impeachment, and yet not a thing was said from the FBI. Mm -hmm. Not a thing was said from DOJ saying, well, maybe maybe there's evidence here that we should be looking at. Now, think about that. And Stephen, it's one of those things, too, we've talked a little bit about and, and folks we need to talk about here. The deep state. There's no denying that this information was within the holdings of the federal government <coughs> for the better part of the past decade. We're talking about 2014 on. It's almost 10 years. And now we're finding out about it. Now, think about that. <laughs> yeah, they uh <laughs> they just don't want you to know what they don't want you to know. Um, mm -hmm. This is like a master game of publicity and trying to hide the hide the skeletons in the closet and put forward the the good acts so that uh, you know Biden could win the the election. So um, it's sad. The one that the one that really stood out to me as I'm reading this was I'm like, wait a minute, okay, Haley Biden. And then I start digging in and it turns out Hunter Biden is sleeping with his sister-in-law after his brother dies of brain cancer. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. These guys are dating. He's sleeping with his sister-in-law. And then Joe Biden gives his blessing for them to date. I'm like, okay, this story just keeps getting wackier and wackier, but he's probably not going to go to jail for either of them just because he will have the deep state covering his, his backside. So that's the question then for the group. <laughs> Chris, if you don't mind, I'm going to do a Tony's take to the team. Is there any oh. member of the Biden family Joe Biden hasn't taken a shower with? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, no. Seriously. I think Jill. It's a serious question. It's I'll say Jill. <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone except his wife, I would say. <laughs> well, maybe when she was younger and they first met, because I don't know, there's a whole story there, too. But um, I, it seems to me that with the deep state, it's like they're covering, like the covering. Well, isn't that election interference? Yes. I mean, yes. What, at what point do Absolutely. we say, uh, hello, hypocrisy here, knocking at the door? We have um, wh how many different people and agencies or agents or staffers who were monitoring and helping? First, it was Hillary with the emails, with FBI, all mm -hmm. these resources going to cover now we got it with um, the Biden family prior to that election. And that's total election interference because you're not allowing the American public to know. It doesn't mean that it should have gone to the other party. It's that 
why did you pick this candidate to be the lead? We had other, there were right. other people that uh, ran for yeah. president on the Democratic Party. You saw what they did to Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, that was a complete DNC takedown. And so why is it that they really wanted Biden to prop up Biden and then to go to cover? They covered for him and they're still covering him by not, one, by censoring us still to this day and not making up for how mm -hmm. they covered. They're not saying that. And, and yeah, so yeah, we're just going to see how this plays out. Go ahead. So, Tony. Let me hit that thing on Tulsi real quick. And and I think everybody know, here knows, I know Tulsi, uh, Tanya and I, Visited her several times. She was, she was a member of Congress. I advised her with Jim Woolsey uh, on national security issues. Tulsi was the ultimate expression of who they, the Democrats, say they are and want to be. That's exactly why she was never going to be successful, because everything they do is a charade. And uh, mm -hmm. there is no interest in her ever being successful, Tanya, by that party, because yep. that's not who they are. They, they, they yep. have not changed much since they were the party of Jim Crow. And I know that's going to offend some folks, but it's absolutely correct. And that's why many, many Democrats had to leave, including me, long time ago. That's so. right. Yeah. Uh, for me, it comes down to <laughs> who was easier to control, Joe yep. Biden mm -hmm. or Tulsi Gabbard? Exactly. Yeah. They, they exactly. Went, See who couldn't be controlled. Yeah. You had to hide the guy with <laughs> guy. sunglasses on him. And make him look like a, a cool dude, and that's what happened. Well, it's you know, I, I think the Corvette weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, exactly. I think that the Corvette seats are designed to take Depends uh, undergarments better than other seats. Just saying, oh. I think they're a little bit wider. You know, they're, oh. they're more comfortable when you're wearing those things. Not that All I right. know that. I don't know that. I'm speculating. It's it's my analysis. Thank you. We have a few minutes. We have a few minutes left. I want to get a quick take on this because it's happening. That's what people are talking about this week All as right. well. All right. uh, Tucker Carlson going to Twitter. Yes. Your take, by the way, good or bad move for, for Twitter and for Tucker? Uh, <laughs> you all know I know Tucker. He's a great guy. And uh, look, whatever is good for, for Tucker is good for the truth. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. Basically, uh, butcher the old GM. Uh, what's good for GM is good for America. What's good for Tucker is good for the truth at this point. I think, to, to, as, we, as we talked about Stephen earlier, he's had an awakening. Many of us go through an awakening. And I think his awakening is something of a public event. Stephen, I mean, I think it's a good thing that he's he's taking and getting out there and mixing things up. Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. And um, I think that he's chosen the right platform for being able to speak the truth. Um, I, for one, know for a fact, and I don't feel good about this. I know that I have to self-censor or my videos don't get views and they don't, uh, they don't have the same impact. So I have to really weigh, okay, can I get out? most of the information I want to close to a million people, or do I tell the uh, absolute truth and get it out to nobody? And it really is striking yeah. this balance. Mm. And it's unfortunate yeah. that I'm in that position. I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good about myself. Um, but at the same time, I won't compromise when a big pharma company offers me $30,000 for a 60 second ad. I say, that's a lot of money. I, I could buy a, a nice car with that. I'm going to go ahead and pass. So I, I still have my my morals and my my standards. And yet I, I'm put in this position like Tucker, where I'm like, I want to tell this story, but I know I'm going to get shut down. So yeah. I think he's picked a great platform. And I think you picked a great platform by joining us today here, Stephen. Thank you for being here. It's been great. And I'd like you to come back to see us again with the team here to, to talk more about the World Economic Forum, uh, Build Back Better, uh, You'll Own Nothing and Be Happy. 
the whole green issue. Uh, I think uh, this is another area which the American public need need to be educated on, which relates to the, the topics. And we didn't even get to the real woke issues I wanted to talk about today because it's just like I, I always do this. I over uh, anticipate what we can get to during the show mm-hmm. and never get to it. So, Stephen, you've been great. I, I appreciate uh, you being here uh, and helping us educate folks. Uh, Chris, Tanya, Elizabeth, uh, the team here has been great. Uh, we'll be wrapping it up now, and we'll be back again next week for a fun-filled episode of The Hard Truth of Tony Schaefer. Thanks for being here. Remember, uh, we're sponsored by Six Hour. Never settle. If you want the best, get the best. Six Hour is the best, and I carry it personally. Uh, and we are on the talk, America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Uh, again, kudos to my friend Sherry Curry for our music, and we'll be back next week again. See you again real soon. Real soon. 